What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Flamethrowers, Amira here, along with Lindsay, and we're bringing you a hot take. The WNBA draft happened last night um, on Friday on ESPN, and we have lots of thoughts and some questions. Um, We'll see how this goes. You have your two Gemini ADHD people (laughs) on this hot take, so our minds are spinning and going lots of places. Let's let's. Keep up with us. Thanks. Okay. So first and foremost, I feel like the draft was largely a tale of two halves. There was a lot of things that I really liked. And there's a lot of things that I side-eyed. So Lindsay, I want to start with you. General takeaways. And that's because I think the first half went pretty well. Um, the tribute to um, the uh, Alyssa and Peyton and Gigi and giving them their honorary draft picks had me bawling. That was very well done. There weren't as many technical difficulties as I would have expected with the, um, the fact that it was a virtual draft. And I think that overall, like that had to be like a really complicated production. They were the first league out the door trying this and, you know, Yes, there were some awkward moments, but overall, I think, like, you know, in the first round and stuff, it went really, it went pretty well. Um, And then when it just, like, you know, what I would give, like, a D to at the best is the second half when they decided that after Crystal Dangerfield was picked at 16 to Minnesota, they just started, like, zooming through the rest of the picks like it went to commercial and it came back to commercial and they just flashed on the screen who picked 17 to 20 were and then everyone was like wait what and then they were like like they showed one more live and then it was into the third round and they would just flash on the screen like a group of like four or five picks at once and it went by like I couldn't keep up with what was happening I had no idea and it was really sad because instead of doing this they did a commission they did an interview with the commissioner which could have been done at any time and they did a nice tribute to Kobe Bryant which you know was nice but also you know they opened it up with a tribute and that also could have been done anytime and personally I mean, I feel like Kobe would have wanted these players being drafted to have their moments, (laughs) you know, like it just felt like ridiculous that they decided that nobody would really care about the entire second half of the draft. I don't know. It just made me very, it made me very angry because there's literally no excuse because there's literally nothing else going on in the sports world. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'd say that the beginning of the draft, we we didn't know what to expect. What does a virtual draft look like? And I was really touched by um, the way that they uh, honored Gigi and Peyton and Alyssa and had the videos from their families. Oh. And, you know, Vanessa Bryant just 
killed me. It was also a little bit of emotional whiplash because I think we were all like so energetic and hype about the draft. And like, I felt like people on Twitter and IG, like everybody was like, it's draft time. And then Kathy popped up and it was like a little bit solemn and it was like COVID. And then it was like Kobe and Stern and then the girls and then then cut to Sue Bird and CBA. And then it was like, and New York is on the clock. And I was like, in the span of six minutes, I feel like I've felt like 15 emotions. Um, and I, and so that was a lot at the beginning. And then I really, um, I was really into the swag bags that they delivered to people. Yeah, that was cool. Um, it was very like Ivy Park, like, <laughs> like Beyonce's deliveries um, that had, it had hats from every team and a basketball and like a keychain. So I was very into like looking at the displays behind people, which I guess leads us into the actual, <laughs> what was your favorite house? What was your favorite kind of moment or takeaway from the actual draftees getting to celebrate with their families? I mean, Satu Sable looked just so good that it's hard oh for me God. to stop with that. Like, I just, she just that looked so amazing. But I just, like, I don't feel like I got enough. I mean, Kennedy Carter's family was great. Um, Megan Walker, was it, her, she was the family who went wild, right? Like, yeah, that was the family that, like, won. It was like, okay, everyone else matched this energy. Um, so there were some really like sweet moments and there were some fun family moments, but I think overall what I felt like was, and this just goes back, like, I think the whole thing should have been three hours, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. there was no need to crunch this all into two hours and it was, it just was so rushed. I just felt like, and so then it would be these awkward moments. Like, um, there are a couple of players like Ruthie Hebert who, her um her connection wasn't working right you know so they, when they, they flashed to her she wasn't she hadn't she, seen it she yet. hadn't seen it yet but then because they were in such a time crunch they couldn't go back to her you know and like that was just sad like they should be they should have time to go back to her you know and um you know i think this there you know there are a few other players that had that happen and like i said we only saw 16 reactions period so we didn't you know really get to see any other than that but i would have to say that megan walker's fan family um you know their excitement was what was what I wish we had really gotten from everyone yeah I was having a lot of fun with not only the outfits like yeah shout to Satu and then also her background and also that she was like for the culture African you know I was like represent I love it um I love families I love black black people were like you know about this social distancing I know I was about to say there was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those people are not all quarantined together Amira. <laughs> i was like yeah they're like you're not gonna tell me that i'm not gonna celebrate <laughs> so that was a little humorous um also like the way kennedy was holding the phone on speakerphone was oh my god <laughs> it was so bad somebody passed the baby some airpods but um so there's like some fun moments like that it was really great you know i was really broken up for some people like satu like whose family was on zoom in berlin um and and you know it's a reminder that even though some houses were packed like there was a very real distancing to this moment of celebration um and so you have that uh and then Let's just talk the technical aspect of it. What what team coming out of draft are, do you most have your eyes on? 
Gosh, this is hard. Um, I mean, you know, there's some exciting pieces in New York for sure. Um, I mean, you know, Sabrina went to New York and everything kind of surrounding that was, um, was fun and good. And I mean, I often get really frustrated. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's the exact same thing as Serena Williams, but we've talked, me and you have talked a lot about how often, you know, people will be like, oh, I covered Serena Williams, which means I'm covering all of women's tennis. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, no, right. you're right. covering one person. You're covering one superstar. And also that, that one kind of spotlight can obscure the other. Right. Really kind of and I think, and I think we got like Dawn Staley hasn't called out Sabrina um, you know, by name. And I'm sure that, you know, I mean, look, she's the coach of Team USA. She's going to love Sabrina, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but I think Don Staley definitely just felt like, you know, a lot of the media this year focused on Sabrina and considered that covering women's basketball. Um, and is in, and then so many stories went untold. And of course, unfortunately, we never got to see, you know, in, in the Gamecocks matchup. Yeah, I mean, we never got to see, you know, there are more stories told in general during the tournament, right? So right. we never got to get that, like, and so that was, that was tough, like, but I do think that at the end of the day, like, it was hard for me to be as frustrated about this as I usually would be, because, like, I was on these media calls this week, and the New York Post and the New York Daily News were on them, and that never happens, and, like, it is so good for the league, right, that the biggest name is going to be in Brooklyn and, uh, like, not in Westchester, you know? Right. So so I am really excited for that and, um, you know, was, was excited to see that all kind of come to fruition. And so I think, you know, I'm excited to see what New York is building. I think the Chicago Sky got um, some really big pieces with the addition of um, – Ruthie there at like the eighth pick and a few of their later picks. Um, uh, you know, I think with the Chicago sky, they got Kia Gillespie really late and I actually really, really love Kia Gillespie's game. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens with them. If they're able to take a leap, I think it's gonna be harder for them to take a leap because they don't have the superstar superstars. That a lot of these super teams have, um, but Atlanta, I mean, having Kennedy Carter and oh God, Courtney Williams. Pause about the personalities. I texted <laughs> Elizabeth Williams, a friend of the show, who's the center yeah. for them. And she's like the most mild manner calm. And I was like, girl, you got your hands. Oh my God. And then Little Wayne was like, Hollywood's coming to the dream. And I was like, Oh my, this is about, I mean, look, I'm all here for it. <laughs> like, give me it just better gets Kelly Leffler's team. So it's exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Nikki like, Collin, who is like, I love, but like very white girl like me, you know what I mean? Is like the head coach. <laughs> and it's just like Tiffany Hayes and, you know, and Kalani yeah, Brown's yeah. going to be there too. Yeah. Who you know is just pure attitude. Like it's going to be a lot, but I'm like, and Glory Johnson, oh my God, that is a team that is going to be fun. They, they literally need a, a reality TV show. Like Atlanta's good for these things. We've and I don't think it. I don't think anybody's ready for that. I'm ready for it. Okay, besides I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. No, I'm, I'm I mean, it's gonna be very exciting to watch the dream. Like 
Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, like there are some teams that are kind of in rebuilding mode a little bit, like the Dallas yeah. Wings. And I do think like they got, um, you know, they got Satu, which is phenomenal. And, you know, they, they had Arike, who is a, you know, player, a rookie of the year candidate. And now they also were able to draft at point guard Ty Harris from South Carolina. And so that'll really help because, of course, last year they had Arike completely running the point, even though she's not a point guard. So, uh, you know, I think I'm excited, but they have they have a that, that roster is going to be tough to make. They have and so I just also players. wanted to shout out uh, another player the Wings picked up, which is um, Bella um, Allery from Yes, Prince. oh, I forgot they and, got her too. And she's so really, good. She's so good. And, of course, coming from the Ivy League was a little under the radar. But my best friend worked at Princeton in the athletics department for a little bit when their basketball team was, like, really defying expectation. And so it's really been fun to watch her kind of journey, um, which was like both under the radar and also like lately in the last few weeks, she's been popping up on mock drafts, of course. But even when she was drafted, I felt like it was this moment where people were like, oh, who? Wait, what? And I love that when they <laughs> did the interview with her, she was sitting in front of bookcases. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the most Princeton shit. <laughs> it's very Princeton. I mean, her like her dad was a Duke player and tried yeah. to get Duke to recruit her and Duke wasn't interested. And, you know, yeah. and so she went to Princeton and she's like 6'5 and very good. And, um, you know, I, I heard a lot of comparisons that, you know, Jonquil Jones fell to six in the draft a few years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and a lot that was because she had spent her time at at GW you know that's where she she left Clemson and gone to GW and so while while she was rated high talent wise a lot of people were afraid to draft her in the you know the WNBA's version of the lottery which is the top four you know um because just like she hadn't been um you know, maybe proven against the, the most elite competition and hadn't really been in the Team USA radar course because she's uh, not from the United States. And um, so I, you know, I kind of saw, I've heard some comparisons that Bella could be like a John Quell Jones like steal, yeah. you know, at like five or six. Um, one where everyone kind of knows she's that talented, but are a little bit afraid because they haven't seen her on the biggest stages. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's true. And yeah, I think that. It will be more will be made of the fact, of course, that her dad was a former first round pick in the NBA. And, you know, she has a story that's like ready packaged. For Jay media. Billis is her godfather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's certainly interesting. I also have to say, like, my favorite moment was um, Erica Gumake getting drafted. And it was one of those names, again, that like got flashed up in the second half of the draft when it went off the wheels a little bit. But her and her sisters obviously were celebrating and they were on IG Live. Um, but they were also on IG Live when it flashed that she got traded to the Lynx. And so it was this moment where, oh my goodness, she's been drafted, celebrated three sisters in the league. And then in the midst of that, like, oh, psych, hold on, you're going to Minnesota instead. And we like got real time reactions from that, but not on the television. Like you had to be on Instagram. And I tried to find that Instagram live. You need to send it to me because I literally was trying to find it last night and I couldn't find it. Her and Shanae and Neca were all live. And I <laughs> see that's too confusing for me to find. <laughs> it's a lot. I also don't know if they saved because I think I went to all their profiles and there were no lives. It's saved. Not, it was, there, somebody took a still of it. Of I know. Shanae. I did see the still. I did yeah, see the still. So, 
Uh, I'll see if I find it. But it was, you know, and I also want to shout her out. Her draft day uh, outfit was like really dressy on top. And then she was wearing Vans because nobody could see her feet. So I I appreciate that. And I'm just thrilled for for all three sisters um, to, you know, have that kind of trio in the league. Uh, They're all, all four of them, including Olivia, are phenomenal women. Um, And so, and Shout out Erica's uh, YouTube page, which gives you all the content you would She's ever She's amazing. So, okay, but a funny moment. So earlier this week, um, there was a call. The WNBA had a call with, like, four coaches or GMs, and uh, Cheryl Ree was one of them, and someone from Texas, who, of course, I'm sure covered her at Rice, because that's where she went, Rice University, um, asked um, Cheryl Reeve about um, – uh, <laughs> oh my god the third agumake we were just talking about her. olivia <laughs> no <laughs> the one who was drafted yes erica thank you oh my god my brain is fried okay about erica agumake and cheryl reeve was like silent and it was such an awkward moment and then like walt uh, at the new york liberty was like yeah i haven't really scouted her or, like paid attention to oh. her and so everyone so then we were joking in our chat with other writers last night like that that's such a cheryl reeve thing to do to like pretend like she has like never watched this player before and to do this totally awkward moment and then to trade for her <laughs> It's just kind of like a peak Cheryl Reeve move. <laughs> like, that's not checkers, bitches. <laughs> yeah, it was just like we were it just because someone was like, wow, that's weird that Cheryl, like, w- that there was that awkward pause, you know, and Cheryl acted like she had never heard of Erica Umke. And then somebody else was like, no, that's that's classic Cheryl. That is classic Cheryl. Well, um, two more things I want to ask yeah, you yeah. about, and if you have any other points to say. One, I we I I promised Shireen when we were talking about the Liberty <laughs> that we would say that everybody knows she is now the Liberty's biggest fan. Oh my god, she already was because Kia is there, but now since they have half of you gone, uh, she's literally crowned herself the biggest Liberty fan. She is a stan. She will get all the jerseys. She will be there for all the games. She wanted everybody to know how she's suddenly become their number one fan. Don't get it twisted. Shereen Ahmed, New York Liberty, match made in heaven. Because they got Megan Walker, that's why. Because they added Megan Walker to their their crew. Um, So I had to cut that out. And then I just wanted to talk about that in a second, speaking of jerseys. um, Sabrina's jersey sold out in less than an hour and while that's obviously fantastic and shows that (laughs) well it's fantastic in the fact that there is such a need for it but also it's really hard as many people including yourself point out because there again we're in this situation where people are underestimating the value in in the demand for women's sports and and especially merchandise and this reminds me of course when, um, you know, after uh, the women's team won the World Cup and you couldn't find <laughs> any four-star uh, paraphernalia whatsoever, it sold out very fast. And so, you know, I th- we should definitely take a minute and say, like, a- another kind of ridiculous point, a mini burn, if you will, like, stock these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh- – I-, I was frustrated by it because I just don't 
think people were like, oh, it's good. Like, at least she's get, they're getting the headlines. And I was like, Sabrina doesn't need these headlines. Like, the WNBA doesn't need these, like, manufactured headlines, right? Like, about demand. Like, the demand is really there. So I just – and I always just get frustrated about merchandise. And I don't believe the WNBA or Nike deserves the benefit of the doubt when it comes to <laughs> merchandise for women's sports. Like, some people were saying, oh, well, they're, they're selling with the number one because she's the number one draft pick. But these won't be the jersey, so they don't want to sell too many of them. And I was like, well, then just take pre-orders for the right. actual jerseys when they have her number on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's not that hard. <laughs> like that, that seems, you do this all the time. It's okay. <laughs> that seems like a super easy solution. Take people's fucking money for women's sports right. merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, would, I do have to say about um, that reminds me. If you still need masks, um, you know, the WNBA and the NBA are selling uh, masks, but specifically you can get it from, what is that, where they have the proceeds that... Um, breaking tea. Yeah. Breaking we love. tea. Yes. It will be the uh, WNBA PA. So they have the Bet on Women mask. It's a, it's a pack, a three pack. And it also is the NWSL and then the U.S. Women's Team Four Stars Only. Um, it's a three pack. Um, so if you still need masks... Shout out to them. Go I'm to ordering them immediately. That. Yes, it's a necessary purchase. Um, and then I just want to throw any other random thoughts you had, random takeaways you had about the draft. I'll tell you my random takeaway. <laughs> I have so many. I have so many things left to say. So you can so, you go. <laughs> one of my random takeaways is the parts of the draft where they had random people pop in to congratulate draftees was at times really, really sweet. And also so random. I don't feel like Lauren Cox knew who Kevin Love was. (laughs) That was so special. I was, I lost it when Simone Biles popped up because I was like, what, what? As a, did they or were they was there See, a story? I actually love that because at least like we're we're it was a we're, woman, yeah. At least but it was I a woman. Like, but I like, wanted to know more about how these this like I felt like there was a package story about why this congratulation. Like I needed a little bit more context. And that's the thing. And like, I was reading through the inner, like Lauren Cox's interview. So Lauren Cox was drafted by Indiana. So now we're going to get to see if you are fans of NCAA women's basketball, you might love this. Like we'll get to see Lauren Cox and Tierra McCowan together in the front court, which is really amazing. And she was talking last night about how like, you know, she was like, you know, I know I don't know Tierra very well, but I play with Kalani Brown, you know, of course they won the national championship at Baylor so she was like I'm really excited because I think this will be really fun and I agree like Indiana they're not going to be like an elite team this year but they have such a fun young core oh my gosh uh, I'm excited about that team um, for the future but yeah but somebody asked uh, like local media asked Lauren about Kevin Love and she was like I mean yeah I, I like his game <laughs> it's just like there is no connection <laughs> it's so um, she looked fabulous though and like a blue wrap Yes, lashes today. Great lashes. Oh and I have to say, I, I love Lauren. Um, you know, I, I got to be around her when Alexis was playing at Baylor. And, you know, her journey, particularly with type 1 diabetes, yes. has been really inspiring. So it was a thrill to watch her be drafted. Yes. So a few a few other players that, like, I had my eye on. Of course, you all know that, I, of course, I've covered the Mi- Mystics and the Maryland women's basketball. So Kyla Charles dropped into this, late into the second round, which, unfortunately... 
kind of thought was going to happen. Um, but she ended up going to Connecticut at number 23. And I actually love that for her because, first of all, Connecticut said that they had her as a top 10 talent on their draft board. But Connecticut didn't have a first round pick because they traded away when they got Dewana Bonner. Um, and so they were like shocked when she was still there. She's still there because she has not developed a three point shot, which is something um that's very much confused me over the past year because she has everything else in her game. Um, but but I really hope she has a chance to make that roster. There are now three Maryland players. You know, she's with Alyssa Thomas and Bree Jones, who used to be her teammate. Bree was a senior when Kyla was a freshman. And, you know, Kyla's just um I think a player that got really overlooked. And I also think a player that really, you know, I think I said this in the last podcast, but would have really benefited from a good deep run in the tournament um, to kind of remind people that she existed um, a little bit. Cause Maryland pop Maryland was slated to be a number one seed. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to see how she does in Connecticut and I'll be paying attention to whether she can make the roster there. And Shatori Walker Kimbrough, who was one of my favorite players to cover for the mystics. Um, she was traded last week in which we haven't talked about a trade that brought Tina Charles to the Washington Mystics, which holy crap. <laughs> um, and so Washington gave up like all their draft picks and Shatori Walker Kimbrough went to New York where I was a little bit concerned because they have like a trillion guards in New York. Um, and, but then on draft night, she was actually traded to the Phoenix Mercury, uh, for a 10th round pick. And so I'm excited. I think that it, once again, it seemed like listening, of course, you know, teams always say they want the players, but they actually, actually seem to have like Shatori in their plans. Do you know what I mean? And like, see her as a player mm-hmm. that can automatically contribute. And she's just one of those players that I've been wanting. Like she got kind of buried in the mystics rotation. And I think for a lot of different reasons, um, but always had a lot of talent when she could get um, a chance. So I hope that she'll have a chance to shine in Phoenix, which has, you know, of course such, um, a deep roster, but that was um, exciting for me right. uh, to see. Oh, oh, can we say another one of the reactions was Jocelyn Williams? Yeah, I, want to let I want le- to let everybody know for more on the Mystics, please check out Lindsay's article about why the Mystics won the draft before it even began. It's in Washington City paper um, and it goes a little bit deeper into that trade. And I think that is definitely worth your time. Um, for some teams who didn't make draft day moves as big as splashes as the Liberty, but still are clearly defending champs um, and, you know, not not showing any kind of uh, signs of slowing down. Yeah. And um, yeah. And OK, so just to add, like uh, Jocelyn Willoughby, did you do you remember her reaction? Like she was sitting alone and her reaction. Oh, yeah. was, it, oh and the, it was the most It was the most pure. So she was drafted. She was the one who was actually drafted by Phoenix, but then she ended up getting traded for to the Liberty for Shatori. Um, but like it was just such a pure moment of her sitting there by herself. Like I think her family just was off screen and that it was it was so intimate, like seeing her realize her dreams had come true. Like it was she really was like, sweet. oh my! <laughs> like, it was it was very uh, it was very touching, and I think that it was really important because sometimes with the overproduction of drafts, as we've come to know, like the emotion gets lost in it. And for these women, they've worked very hard. They've had an unprecedented year, um, certainly. 
Uh, and they're doing this now virtual draft, but at the end of the day, uh, for 36 people, their dreams of being professional basketball players and generation who came up with always having that um, in existence, even if it wasn't always the most visible, um, this is really significant. And I think that emotion was like so pure and really captured at what's at the heart of a lot of this. Um, and so I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, overall, it's just going to be there's a part of me that felt as I was watching this draft that we were failing these women because there's just so few roster spots. Mm. And like the Mystics this year, they're probably only going to play 11 because they're paying so many elite players, you know? So they're probably only going to have 11 spots on their roster. And, you know, that I think that's why I got even that much more angry that they did the, at least each player didn't get a little package shown about them, you know, yeah. um, and at least a little moment because, you know, the moments that, you know, the, I mean, they're first round draft picks that could very likely not make their rosters this year. Mm. And um, it's, it's hard to stomach. And there's, I mean, cause you think it, it's different. People are like, Oh, well, you know, it's just kind of same in the NBA, but yeah. But the NBA, how many teams they have like 28, 30, yeah. like the, there's that's only crazy. Michael was like there's only 12 teams there's like, only 12 were, teams like there were only there are only 36 draft picks so the fact that like maybe a third of them will make a roster is just right it's really NBA also has farm leagues so you know you don't make the main roster that's you can go down to d-league you can play within the system still and that's not the case here and then we're also dealing with a global pandemic and so there's a lot of people who would normally be talking to their agents and looking overseas and hoping to get signed to an international team and use that as a stepping stone to come back and play domestic ball or, of course, supplement their income from the W. And that's completely uncertain. And so I think that it is it is bittersweet in a way. And also the other part of that is like the thing I tweeted at one point, Rebecca Lobo was like, Oh, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, Odyssey Sims's status for the season is fairly uncertain, and I literally screamed, "The whole season is uncertain." So well, that was Sims out because she's she's pregnant. <laughs> and but was like also like <laughs> yeah. the, no. the season we don't know. Like, no, no. It's not one person status may or may not be up in the air. The whole damn apparatus is up in the air, and that was the other thing that was really kind of bittersweet to me about it is that. Who know? Like this, you this might be something that is not even played out. People might not even touch a court. And that's know? the thing. And so, like, we're talking about how if this season does go on, it's going to be so hard for any of these players to make a roster, right? Like, there might be like ten that are fully guaranteed roster spots. You know, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not by much. And so, then imagine if this season doesn't happen. And mm. so then next year, they're competing with the most recent class for rosters exactly. too. Do you know what I mean? And it's horrifying. And, I, and I've said it before. And I, you know, I would say it to the faces of, um, you know, the players who work so hard bargaining for the, the new contract that the only thing I was super, super disappointed with at about the new contract was that they didn't add any roster spots, you know? Yeah. And I understand, like, they, they probably would have needed to – 
up the salary cap because like I, or at least down the maximum contracts. It's like I said, there are teams who already given the salary cap are already going, only going to keep 11 teams. Um, but you know, it, especially now with the global economy taking such a downturn, right? That's going to, it's going to take years to fully recover from it. And mm. that's going to make it harder to add in more teams. And, um, it's sad because the talent coming out of women's college basketball on a year in year out basis, not to mention now from abroad, from overseas, right. right. Where a lot of players are not coming to the NCAA, but deciding to go pro um, and play in those leagues. Like the talent coming out is just as high of a level at this point now as the NBA, you know, it took a while to get here, but like, this is where we are, right? Like there's just as many great prospects coming out, but with, you know, a 10th because there's no, you know, uh, G league to go to of the opportunities for advancement. And it's, it's scary and it's sad. Yep. And I mean, I think that that's, you know, maybe a good place to wrap it <laughs> with a, on a happy note. <laughs> you know, well, I think that that B minus really is apt, right? Like there were some great, great things that happened and I loved watching you know, I had asked, what would this do for coverage? I felt certainly like there was a lot of people, there was just like a kind of palpable energy around the draft that I have never, I haven't seen in the last few years. Um, and that was very exciting. Um, there was some golden moments, there were some frustrating things, um, and there's this kind of bittersweet reality to it. And so a lot of it is uncertain. A lot of it is still a work in progress. Um, but for one night, at least we had <laughs> we had sports um, and we got to see uh, a few really great things and and a lot of places that we'll all continue to push on and work on and report about and and yeah, and cheer there was, and effort. There was effort to give some of these players a moment and to try and keep the momentum going that the league has gotten during the offseason. And as much as I complain, because I do, and as much as I'm going to keep criticizing and pushing for things to be better, because I think they deserve to be, it was good to see an actual effort be put in to get this draft to happen. Yep. Yep. So shout out to all uh, who are drafted, who tuned in, who are reporting on it. Um, I, I don't even know what's next, but, um, (laughs) again, me over here, I, you know, what I'll be waiting for is my Atlanta dream reality TV show series. Oh my God. We need to pitch that to someone. Maybe that happen. Yes, definitely. Well, until then, flamethrowers, this has been a hot take. Um, and we'll see you soon. And I'm sorry.